action. Hello and welcome to another episode of Your Average Critics, joined this week by Chris and Obi. How are you doing? Hello. Right. Good, good. Cool. Well, I think this is episode 112, I think. Um, I have no idea, you know. Well, thanks again to Ketchy for coming on last time and talking about uh, crime and true crime. This week yeah. there's no set theme, we've just got a load of stuff that we've uh, watched and are going to discuss. Um, but first, some film news and more about, I guess, where certain films are being screened. Um, so, I mean, one that I saw the other day was that the Pixar film Soul is going to be released on Disney Plus on Christmas Day, um, which I don't think has a paywall like Mulan did. Um, and then I think one of you guys said a pod about Wonder Woman. So what's the distribution of that going to be? I read that um, Wonder <clears throat> Woman it will be released internationally in theatres on the 16th of December and then it will be on HBO Max on a, on Christmas Day. So I don't know, I don't know when it's going to be in theaters for Americans but but yeah that's what I heard on the on the interweb. I feel like that's limiting quite a lot because we don't get HBO Max over here which I think Chris you pointed out on our chat. Um and that's presuming cinemas are going to open, you know. Mm. I don't well, know. for how- here I was going to say they just announced that stuff's going to be reopening on the 2nd of December. So, like, they said gyms and stuff. So, uh, before, when gyms and stuff were open, cinemas were open. So, I'd assume that's the same now. Obviously, I don't know that for certain. Yeah, tier, tier, tier 1 and 2 theatres will be open. Tier 3, it won't be. But then that's that's one of those things is, like, a view in, you know, where I live could be open. But then you guys who live in a different area might be in a different tier and therefore it might be shut. So it's, it's true. this no. whole flip-flapping is just going to absolutely fuck this industry because, you know, you might be like, right, we're going to release Wonder Woman December 16th, and then, you know, a day before you go into a different tier, and they're, you know, all of that, you know, th- presumably there's some upfront costs in terms of getting... I don't think they probably do prints very much anymore, but, you know, you still probably still probably costs in terms of putting the film on and marketing it and, you know, expected mm. sales from kind of concessions and mm. it could quite easily just be wiped out so i think that particular film sounds like they're just really limiting themselves releasing it in cinemas in areas where they don't know how many screens are going to be showing how many cinemas are going to be open and be releasing it on a streaming service that isn't available <laughs> in a wide amount of markets um a couple of things i was going to say is that i know that um hbo's got it normally has a deal with Sky, so like stuff that comes on HBO is on Sky Atlantic, like Game of Thrones and The Wire and stuff like that. Um, I have no idea if there's any deal with HBO Max and Sky, so I'm thinking because obviously they've got the, um, the Justice League thing coming out next year as well. So I reckon a deal will be struck up eventually, so we can watch those things over here. Um, that's the first thing I was going to say. The second thing was I think I read that Warner Brothers were kind of like. <laughs> they wanted to release it before it gets like before it like times out basically or gets kind of like played out so they kind of think they kind of had their hand forced by the fact that they had to release it sooner or later basically rather than keep waiting 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 and then we don't know when all this is going to clear up so you end up with a film that's over a year old and you know might cause problems in itself because you want to release other projects as well so I don't know true um, did we ever talk about the Marvel um 
well, the, the, the Disney list for the next few years? Uh, I don't think so. Okay, well, maybe we can touch upon that in a sec, um, because that went, that that I think there's quite a lot of MCU films released in a short space of time. Um, mm. But, yeah, I mean, back to... I mean, how many other DCEU films are in production? I mean, you've got Suicide Squad. Um, I actually don't know. Obviously, the Justice League film. Um, you've got, I think, the f- I, th- I think the Flash has started production, but I'm actually not entirely sure about that. Um, other than that, I actually don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure. Okay. Because... I mean, it's set in 1984, so it doesn't. It's not as if it's you know they're going to be like, oh my god, it's out of date. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, I just think I think they just kind of want to, they kind of want to put it out, but then they don't want to, they don't want to, um, they don't, obviously they don't want it to flop because I think a lot of people say that Tenet flopped, even though it was the only film out at that time, but it didn't make loads of money. But I think they're just kind of eager to to finally put it out. Just because it was supposed to come out, what, six months ago? Ish. Mm. I mean, I heard that um, No Time to Die is costing MGM something like, you know, hundreds of thousands of pounds a month um, in interest because they borrowed a lot of money to make it. And so every time they don't release it, they're kind of losing a hell of a lot of money. So at some point, they're going to have to be like, you know, bite the bullet and Mm. either release it um, on a streaming service or not. I can't find this MCU schedule thing again. I'm sure it was Cinema Blend or something, but it's going to really piss me off. I'll try and find that. But what what do you guys think about Soul then, which is a the Pixar film? Um, doesn't seem to be getting a cinematic release, but straight onto Disney Plus. Um, it's a shame because I, I'm almost certain. Well, I think I said this when it first got announced. I'm pretty sure it's like the first. Pixar film with uh, like a black lead in it, so it's a shame that this won't really be in like theaters. It's only going to be on streaming services because you know obviously not everybody has Disney Plus. Um, and I know I'm pretty sure Onward, when they put Onward on Disney Plus, that didn't do great numbers either. I don't know if that's due to people not wanting to watch it or just people not having the, ser- the streaming service in general. So it's a bit of a shame in that regard. Obviously, I don't really mind because. Um, the fact that they're not, they're not putting it as um, Premier Access is good because with Mulan, I imagine, I can't imagine the numbers for Mulan were great in terms of people wanting to watch it. So yeah, mm-hmm. I'm quite happy in that in that regard that they're putting it on there for, for free, inverted commas. Um, so yeah, I look forward to watching it. I would have watched it in cinema anyway, but you know, I suppose it's easier access. Christmas Day as well, it looks like a kind of like feel-goody, touchy-feely kind of film, so it might be the sort of film that you'd want to watch on Christmas Day as well. So yeah. Yeah. I think that's about right, isn't it? You know, you'll get a lot of kids, um, you know, watching it with their families and stuff. So I think it's a good idea. Um, I have sort of found not quite the same article, but so Disney released a whole load of films up until 2028, although most of those after 2022 are called Untitled, um, which even means it's going to be 15 films in the Untitled series, or, you know, hopefully we'll get some names soon enough. But in terms of the MCU, um, Black Widow, 7th of May, 2021. Shang-Chi, July 9th, 2021, which is 
what a month afterwards mm. no two months sorry uh, eternals november 5th uh, another few months after spider-man 3 on december 17th 2021 um for love and thunder february 11th 2022 doctor strange and the multiverse of madness march 25th uh, so that's six weeks after uh, black panther 2 may 6 and captain marvel 2 july 8th and then you've still got unannounced um ant-man 3 guardians 3 etc so again what do you guys think of four mcu films in the next each year for the next two years at least chris bring out more i say (laughs) (laughs) do you not think audiences might be like oh god there's a lot you know because i mean Oh my God, they're going to make a billion each, aren't they? Whether people... <laughs> this is it. This is uh, it. I don't know. Like, I think. Yeah. The um, I think the cinema, the cinema lover in me, uh, will obviously love it, and obviously all three of us will be there for all four of the films. Um, the general moviegoer, um, I suppose when you think about it though, like obviously these films all make loads of money. Is one more film a year really that much? more like obviously in terms of like spacing i think you said one in 2021 there's like uh there were like a month after the other that sort of thing that might influence people a bit but in terms of like in general before all this corona stuff they used to bring out three films a year and they most of them crack a billion easily so i don't think one more film will make too much of a difference Mm. i wouldn't think anyway Um, but yeah i say bring bring out more i'm chris yeah no obviously i agree i'd love these this film series and you know particularly Doctor Strange 2 coming out six weeks mm. after Thor. I mean, there's been casting news that um, Star-Lord is going to make a at least cameo appearance in Thor 4. Um, so, you know, th- there's kind of... You're getting other, uh, other kind of characters from other se- uh, se- franchises, I guess, in that film. Yeah. It's probably going to be Rocket Raccoon. Um, Apparently... Um... Apparently Thor's going to have an Avengers 5 to feel to it, they said. Okay. So that would be that. cool. So, yeah. so then, you know, now we're getting into this kind of, apart from maybe Black Widow, all the films feel like they're either really continuing a narrative we already know or introducing new characters such as Shang-Chi. Um, so it doesn't really feel like there's any dead rubbers, whereas maybe beforehand, you know... Like you guys, uh, yeah, Ant Man's uh, sort of like, eh, you know, I think Ant Man. I'm still with Ant Man being a dead rubber, but, you know. Yeah, that's what I mean. I think Ant Man 2 only came out a few weeks after Infinity War, if I remember correctly. Yeah. And then yeah. Far From Home, not too long after Endgame. So mm-hmm. there has been a precedent for it, but yeah, more the merrier, I think. Agreed. <laughs> so hopefully, if these, at least one of these three vaccines, works properly then uh we'll you know certain unnamed cinema chains with their limitless passes will probably do quite well can we can we quickly deviate onto that uh just i'm just curious you know the vaccine how do you guys feel about this vaccine um i think it's great if it works i'm not going to get it um for quite a while 
Um, I feel like it's also not really being made and expedited for me at this mm. moment in time. You know, obviously the elderly and the people with respiratory things. Um, and not to get too... Basically, if the elderly become zombies, we can take them down. But if the young become <laughs> zombies, we're fucked, basically. That's what I'm exactly. saying, though. This is how like, every every zombie yeah. horror film starts. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But this is the thing, like, on, on, a, on a serious, slightly unserious note, you don't know what's going to... Obviously, you say, oh, yeah, they say um, this vaccine is 95% effective. But you don't know what is... Like, you can't have tested it for that long. You don't know what's going to happen. If they take it now, what will happen in two years? What will happen in three years? If I take it now, and um, I'll just... Um, listen to a podcast and they were talking about this sort of thing and they was talking about um a drug that pregnant women you know, i think in the 70s that pregnant women used to take the um yes oh yeah you know what i'm talking and about it, them. and yeah. it made people have birth defects exactly yeah. so you might not even know what the effect this virus will have um vaccine sorry will have until a generation from now or two generations from now so i don't know then i could say the same thing about any anything really do you know what i mean all the stuff all the shit we all put in our bodies like you know and this is the one that i have a complaint all, about so. all the all the people in the world sniffing cocaine. Well, yeah. <laughs> no names, no names. But, um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm sort of of that view. I mean, I guess, it, I guess it doesn't... For me, the fact that, you know, you might eat kind of foods or drink kind of sodas that, you know... Like, if you drink Red Bull, you know, mm. that's probably that's terrible for you. And, you know, they, there's always links to, like, if you drink too much XYZ or eat too much XYZ, you'll get cancer. Mm. Which might be true, but to me, there's something different about that than the actually having parts of a dead virus or mm. small dose of active virus put into my body with unknown ramifications. Um, and maybe somewhat naively or arrogantly, I think I've been, I'm probably healthy enough that if I did get it, I'd be okay, which is not yeah. what it's about. It's about not giving it to other people. I yeah. get that. But I also don't think the vaccine's necessarily for me at this moment in time yeah agreed i'm an early adopter in some things but not in medicines and <laughs> but yeah what if they say like you have to have it if you want to like go abroad or something or go to football games or go cinema even or they say you have to have it then would you take it no yeah. i don't i'd probably challenge them in the supreme court <laughs> <laughs> I'm sort of like that, that violates my human rights <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, yeah. Hey, if you uh, have the money to challenge, oh, hey, you better your friends. What's that? Sorry. If you have the money to challenge him in the Supreme Court, you better be helping out your friends as well. <laughs> <laughs> it will set a precedence, wouldn't it? Yeah. What do they call? What do they call the ones where everyone jumps on the case? Um, class action. Class action. Yes, we'll have a class action lawsuit. Yeah, I'm sure someone will do it, won't they? <laughs> um, while we're talking about. Um... MCU, I wanted to say a thing that I saw. Apparently, um, Shuri is expected to have a more prominent role in Black Panther 2, which is beginning production next year. How do we feel about that? How, well, my, my question first would be like, who do you think will be the next Black Panther? And do you think she could possibly be a candidate to be the next Black Panther? I think it will be her, and I don't mind that. I, like, I would like to see her be it. Yeah, I think they would probably always going to make her Black Panther eventually but probably not so soon. I know, I still feel like they could they could, put, they could do a little curveball and make it Michael B. Jordan. Didn't he die? Yeah, but didn't yeah. we 
didn't we change the timeline with all the fucking stones and all that bullshit? They could do that, but like, I feel like it would have to be, you'd have to have a proper, properly good reason to make him it, seeing as well, he tried to kill to Charlo well, and stuff. <laughs> I feel like WandaVision will set a precedent for the rest of the films, because if they bring in characters that have died, like they've talked about bringing back Quicksilver, they mm. talked about bringing back um, the robot guy who no one gives a shit about. Um, Vision. Vision, that's the one. They've talked about, like, obviously the three Spider-Men being in the film together. Although I'm pretty sure that's dead because I'm pretty sure Andrew Garfield has said it. he doesn't doesn't know if he feels comfortable going back to uh, the franchise. Um, well, no. You're an actor. You're paid to he's have probably, a character. Probably Ooh, check, more probably, comfortable. He probably, he probably will go back. Also, in that roster of films, you didn't include any Spider-Man, did you? Uh, Spider-Man 3 uh, was December Venom? 2021. But then that is a Sony production. So it's... What about Venom 2? Again, Sony, so it, it didn't come up on that thing. Um, and also Morbius was supposed to be coming out. Um, so, God, fuck, we might have quite a lot of Marvel-related... I'm ready, man. Give me all of them. Oh, all of them. Also, when it, like, didn't they say, oh, WandaVision, December, and then they were like, January... Yeah, it was supposed to come oh. out this month. supposed to come out in November. Really annoyed. <laughs> Sorry. I think it's even... When's, when's Falcon and Winter Soldier supposed to be coming out? I don't know, 2049? Oh. <laughs> what? <laughs> Even Loki. What's going on with Loki as well? Oh, I, um, I don't know. I will watch them, but I'm not. Loki's a dead idea anyway. I agree. Yeah. Well, I'll still watch it, but it's. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. I'll slowly making my way through the shield. Oh shit! Shield's a sick one. It's a shield. It's a great. Oh, look, like that is that is my that is the natural morale of shows. Steady Eddie. Solid seven out of ten. Sometimes you get an eight. Sometimes you get a six. But majority seven. I'm very did satisfied. You think, did you think it ended where it should have ended? Um, yeah, I think it ended all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was quite happy with how it ended. Still not happy that the first twenty four episodes are just boring. No, it's the first like fifteen. <laughs> Same difference. <laughs> but after that, it gets sick. Mm, okay. <laughs> well. Whilst we've been talking, I've been racking my brains to fa- try and find a decent segue into one of the main topics that we were going to talk about. So Disney Plus is where you can watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. It's also where you can watch The Mandalorian. Right, I'm just going to there. Thank you, thank you. I have seen... How do I put this into words? I've seen the first two episodes. I've caught three quarters of the third episode and I'm pretty wishy-washy on the fourth episode, but I've Pretty sure I can gather what happened. Has anyone watched the fourth episode? Yes, I have. Okay, because I actually want to talk about. It. I don't know, Chris, if you want to if you want to mute us for like five minutes. <laughs> no, I'm happy to listen because I because the thing is I didn't really want to watch these episodes because I'm watching with my brother and obviously mm. I don't want to give my brother your login details so we watch them together when he's here. So uh, yes, yeah, so I'll probably rewatch them anyway. So it's all good. I'm oh, happy. Oh, to you want to give me your login details? Okay, well, so you do like watch parties and stuff. Oh, before you go on to episode four, do you want to just run us through where we were in season one and then where we're like the first few episodes of season two? Uh, so, yeah, end of season one, um, the basic gist of it is just just uh, man, man, the Mandalorian looking after baby Yoda, Moff Gideon, who's like part of the Empire, I guess. He wants to capture 
um, Baby Yoda for reasons we don't know why until kind of episode four. Um, so yeah, and, and then he goes on like loads of like side missions to get to where he wants to go. To he, now he's in season two, he's trying to find um, Baby Yoda's home. Basically, he's been given a mission by his boss, I guess, to find um, someone to take in Baby Yoda. Basically, so he doesn't have to look after this you anymore. Um, I, I hate Baby Yoda, by the way. But no, no. Oh um, no, I love Baby Yoda. He's such a jar. He's such a jar. <laughs> Can't stand him. <laughs> Mate, um, that's what he wants. Oh god, he's so annoying. That's what he yeah. wants. He's like a toddler. People, people, people who listen to this pod now are gonna hate us for your comments. <laughs> he's so <laughs> annoying. Oh my god. <laughs> anyway, uh, the opinions and thoughts of Obi alone. Yeah, my yeah, my my views are mine and mine alone. Um, so yeah, and then obviously this season's kind of carried on the trend of there being like an underlying objective, I suppose, in the season, but um, the, uh, the mission, the episodes are full of like side missions, like side, side, side calls or kind of thing to try and help us get along, kind of like fill in the gaps as we're getting to where we want to go, I suppose. Um, me personally, I don't know about you, Glenn, I thought, if I'm ranking the episodes, I thought the first episode was good, second episode was kind of rubbish, and then the third and fourth episode, I think, were really good. Yes. Oh, mate, I actually really enjoyed the first episode. Yeah, I just said second episode I thought was rubbish. I liked the third horror episode. elements of the second episode in terms of the spiders, um, but generally it was pretty rubbish. Um, and the second episode was directed by Peyton Reed, who did Ant Man, so maybe that's why I right. don't like it. <laughs> I'll be, I'll be, I, because I, I, because obviously I missed you. Actually, you go, you go first, Glenn. You go first, Glenn. Well, I was going to say, I mean, I didn't like season one particularly. Um, I think I said a few times there wasn't to me a clear enough overarching structure. It was basically he's got the baby, people are trying to get the baby. And that was it for eight episodes. And to me, it was a bit like, what is the point? Like, I sort of wanted a bit more through narrative. I think we've got maybe a little bit more of that in season two, like you said, with his commander being like, find the baby's home. Yeah. Uh, I think I'm think so. just sort of over it now in terms of like that judging my opinion of the episodes and i think the episodes i don't know whether it's my mentality's changed or if the episodes are actually better but i'm really enjoying season two um i think finally, a, finally. <laughs> i think there's a bit more connection to like wider star wars lore i think yeah i mean i'm not tuned into all of all of it at all so i i wouldn't look at some of the shall we say creatures and be like oh that's a blah blah from this planet i don't know it in that detail so to me you've got to be quite hit me over the head with a reference mm. same, same, be, same. so that's why i think this season particularly they're mentioning jedi in passing they're sort of talking about empire and you see some stormtroopers and whilst i still don't understand necessarily is the empire the new republic are they you know what does it all mean um i still don't quite get all of that um but i'm, I'm enjoying it a bit more um, no, and I do like Baby Yoda. Um, I think, particularly this season, the kind of interactions between Mando and the child are quite cute. It's sort of like a proper father-child mm. relationship, and Baby Yoda's now like a toddler who's eating and snatching things and stuff. Um, so yeah, I like it. Um, I think- the thing is, though, because I don't know if they mention it, but that baby Yoda could be like 40 years old. 
Yeah, it's Yeah, but in terms of like, he, it does seem to be acting like a yeah. like a teenage stage. I don't know, but um, yeah. I, think, I was just gonna. Oh, sorry. Go oh, sorry. I was gonna say, uh, and again, each like you said, each episode still is a bit kind of tangential. But I'm now just sort of. What like, does yeah. that? Mean? Pardon. What does what that, does that mean? mean? As like branching off from the main narrative, right. you know. And to me, it feels like, I don't know if you ever play video games where you've got a main mission, but it's like, to get this next piece of information, you have to do a mission for me. Um, mm. And, I mean, I'm playing Watch Dogs Legion at the moment, and that's pretty much how it goes. You have to talk to this person to find information out about the main mission, but then they have to, they ask you to well, do a mission to get I, information. So that's what it feels like to me. Yeah, I, f- I feel like this, I feel like this series has gone from the primary mission, so like, Always, I feel like always, as long as Yoda's there, the primary mission will be to get Yoda back to his people or back to a safe haven. Yeah. But in this series, there's another like main story, which kind of is illuminated to a bit more, where he's got to find his own people to help him network. Mm. That's what I feel like the story is more so of, and him learning more about his people because it seems to me like all his people don't seem to share the same rules he does. Which I think is, re- I, I really like that about the first yeah. episode. I really like that. Because um, I, I quite like that about, like, obviously the first episode, the bloke's not part of the the Mando creed and whatever. Hmm. But he kind of has the same traits as a Mando in the sense that he's like, look, like he's looking after his people. That's what the kind hmm. of vibe I got. And that's why I feel like Mando helped him out a little bit. But then I thought it was a bit raw that he took the stuff off him. But, you know, he's what <laughs> But then episode two, yeah, episode two was a bit dead. I'm not gonna lie, episode two was a bit, it was a bit dry. Although it was quite cool to hear them interrogating him in the planes and him saying, "Was it may the force be with you?" and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. are they the good? So they're the good guys, yeah. Yeah, so they're the good guys. Okay. And that's what he, I wanted to know because he appears again in episode four, and I was like, "Oh, yeah. are you are you Empire or are you?" Resistance? So, he, so he's the resistance. Okay. And. Mando obviously is neither, but Mando's obviously kind of a bad guy because he does bounties, doesn't he? So, mm. and that's what they alluded to at the end when they helped him. They were like, "Oh, you did all this good stuff, but you do have this bad stuff against your name." Mm. We'll yeah, because I feel like in the first two trilogies, Boba Fett and Jango Fett were seen as sort of villainous or anti-heroic. Um, they were villains. Well, yeah, yeah. Jango was part. <laughs> did stuff for the villains didn't he and then his son Boba became the bounty hunter in the later films yeah and obviously it's Boba Fett's armour in episode 1 or chapter 9 um, as they and that it. was him right at the end right yeah, Wait, yeah what, you see him what, at, the um, at the end of what episode 1 episode one. of season 2 of this do you yeah you know the guy there's a guy in it right at the end yeah. where Oh my gosh! Like right at the yeah, end, yeah, yeah, literally right at the end, when Mando flies off, you see a guy on the crest of the dune looking, and it's oh yeah, 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 you're right. Sorry, yeah. it's actually the actor who played Django Fett in the prequel trilogy. Oh, I assume because Boba Fett's probably dead or too old in real life. Yeah, exactly. It, that's the strange thing because obviously the prequel series was made in like the late nineties, early two thousands, whereas the character, the actor who played Boba Fett, 
would have been in his 30s in the 70s so he's presumably pretty old <laughs> but yeah i mean it's nice that they're able to you know hark back to that and even Quickly, in though can i quick, just ask a quick question about that because obviously you guys know the stuff better than me didn't didn't he die <laughs> in one of the in one of those yeah. yeah, where it's, where where is this in the fucking timeline? Because I'm always confused by it. I think this is after Return of the Jedi, but before um, The Force Awakens. So I think it's between those six and seven. I think. But then, but then, my assumption is that isn't Boba Fett. Okay. Because Boba Fett died in the eighth film, didn't he? Uh, not eighth, sorry, uh, fifth, didn't he? Well, yeah, that, that's what this, I thought. Anyway, this is the contrivance, right? So, in these series, film series, whatever. No one's ever really dead, are they? You know, oh, yes, he, he, got, he got eaten by <laughs> a big worm thing. Um, but then, you know, they brought back Palpatine. Um, Palpatine. You know. <laughs> Palpatine. Palpatine. Oh, Sorry, Palpatine. mate. They love that. Oh, so common. <laughs> but yeah, you know what I mean? So like, they'll find a way of retrofitting it, you know. Mm. Be like, oh, you know, he shat him out. They don't digest humans. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, but um, I, I hope that's the excuse that they use. <laughs> <laughs> they shut it out. But uh, I so mean, I have it, a couple more questions. Yeah, um, Conan. That's all right. Um, well, actually, only really one more question, um, and it's to with episode four, Chris. I don't know if you don't mind the spoiler. Yeah, go for it, mate. Go for it. So, Glenn, a um, couple things. When the the trio they go to that um, imperial whatever. Yeah. Um, and there's that you see, you know that 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 thing, whatever it was in the in the blue tank. Yeah, the little kind of humanoid things in the pod. Yeah. So apparently, um, so apparently, um, I don't know because I don't know the, the theme music. Apparently, Snoke's Emperor Snoke's theme music started playing when they started showing that tank. I read, I read that as well. Who the fuck gives about give a shit about that fucking character? Well, this is yeah. it. I agree, Chris, but. So I'm wondering, so I thought, so at the end of the episode, um, we see Moff Gideon with a load of, um, actually, I'm, I'm jumping. So in the middle of the episode, uh, there's like a hologram or a telegraph or a hologram, whatever, from a scientist who's talking about um, take doing blood transfusions from the subject, I'm assuming Baby Yoda, and giving them yeah. to other subjects um, because it's got a high, um, they say M count, which I'm assuming is metachlorines from Phantom Menace. Um, what the hell? Which, You're saying, oh, right? you know a bit more about it than, than Love I do. It. Love Fucking it. Hell, I didn't know about that, mate. You know. <laughs> that's sick, though. Well played. That's, well that's played. Catch it. Catch it. Catch it. So I'm assuming they want to give people... I'm sh- Well, I don't know if it, if this is... So this is my question, really. So at the end of the episode, they show Moff Gideon with a load of suits, black, black, look like black stormtrooper suits. So I don't know if they were suits or if they were like supposed to be clones. So my question was, do you think that they're trying to make like a clone army who have force powers? Or do you think this is somehow related to them bringing back Palpatine kind of thing? And that might have been what the that based, whole thing in the, in, the, in the blue tube was. Based on what you've told me and based on the, the ninth film, I'd assume that they wouldn't want to give anyone powers, but they would want to resurrect Palpatine in some way, shape or form. Mm. But you guys have watched it, so you probably have a bit more snippet. I think I... it was I thought it was a bit of both, yeah. I think I think I think a a byproduct of 
doing these experiments will end up being Snoke. Mm. Um, and I think those are suits. Um, okay. But then even the stormtroopers are, you know, people in suits, right? It's... Yeah, well, they're clones, aren't they? Oh, no, but, yeah. but then they're not because Finn was a stormtrooper. Yeah, I thought the, the, clones, the clones were from episode two, weren't they? Which is way, way, way before kind of the events of episode six, seven, eight. Well, um, I, I thought that they started off as clones and then maybe they started just grabbing real people. Yeah, because The Force Awakens starts with the new empire, whatever they're called. I, th- I think capturing the, villages of people and making them into. I think what a lot of people forget about, and it, I think it's only really alluded to in the. Um, it might be alluded to in Attack of the Clones, but more the Attack of the Clones TV series. Mm. But clones actually cost a lot of money. So okay. for the empire to consistently pay. And not recur a debt, they probably then decided to start stealing children. Right. I would have assumed. Yeah, okay. I mean, it's it's an interesting question. I think this is what maybe I'm enjoying more is knowing that they're trying to tie in a little bit more into the the canon because it mm. felt quite separate in season one. Even though obviously you got Baby Yoda. Um, I mean, in in episode three. Not that I've seen the animated series, but there's a character called Bo-Katan, who I think is in one of the animated shows. Yeah, uh, she's in Time Wars and Rebels. Yeah, so they are tying it in a bit more. What? And What, Chris? Huh? You've watched Rebels? No, no, I just, I've oh. watched videos and people, people have said that she's in those two shows. And yeah. even in that episode, they sort of said, oh, your, your belief system in terms of Mandalore is a bit more culty than... Than ours. ours is, I found that know, really interesting. I hope, they go, I hope they go more into that. This is this is, this is the thing. Like, so for episode three, I watched the majority of it. There's big bits that I missed because I was like trying to catch up so I'd be in line with this episode. And obviously I saw her take her mask off and the rest of them. And I was like, what? I was like, did they explain why they do this? Or is it just their culture? And then so like, that... obviously he was, he's very regimented in what that he does. And they were just a bit more... Not all over the shop, but they were a bit more reckless, I feel. Yeah, I think what I think basically what they were saying is his version of Mandalore belief is is a bit more like Amish to your general Christianity. It's a bit more conservative and you know, um but he well, did he, he say was, he was a child of the something, child of the watch or something like that. Yeah, because he was taken during that raid, wasn't he? Which you yeah. see flashbacks to. I mean this yeah. is this is a frustration I have with the Mandalorian is you see lots of characters placing plot threads that you might not pick up again in the season, you know, mm. um, Boba Fett, is he going to come back? Probably not. There's talks of him doing a spin-off. Um, the whole kind of Bo-Katan thing. I mean, maybe, maybe their argument is it's in rebels. So watch that. But you know, there's all these little things and, that I'm like, oh, that's really interesting. I want to find out more about that. I think I think the problem you've got, though, Glenn, is not the fact that they won't ever bring it back, but the fact that this series is, I assume it's going to be short again, right? Yeah, is eight it, episodes. Yeah, so I feel like you've got to cram quite a bit of information and you don't want to cram too much in, in, in each episode. 
So I feel like they'll probably revisit that either at the end of the series or next season, mm. which will frustrate you. But at the same, at the end of the day, like more spread of knowledge against against for the uh, Mandalorians, I guess. Yeah, and oh, I think yeah. I think th- this series particularly rewards you knowing about the other kind of ancillary mm. um, things around the main kind of nine films. You know, mentioning that. Um, sorry to interrupt you. Uh, mentioned that there's um so in episode three, um Bo Katan says, Oh to Mando, go to this planet, find a Sokatano. Oh yeah, um, she's the main character in um Yeah, exactly. So she in the Clone Wars, she's um she was Anakin Skywalker's um Padawan. Yeah. Um and I think I don't I haven't watched I've only uh-huh. watched that five episodes of it, but by the yeah. end of it I think she kind of like um leaves she, the Jedi. Oh. She goes down the path of like Qui Gon Jinn, so she doesn't mm. necessarily believe in the path of the Jedi or the Sith. She believes in like neutral. It's it's kind of like what you were saying the other day, Obes. Like that when there's a balance in the Force, who's on who's on the right side of it? Was it you, Obes, mm. or was it? Oh yeah, that's me. Yeah. yeah, Ahsoka. She she. It, I don't. I think a lot of people got annoyed with um, the Clone Wars series because I don't think it explains too much because she's like one minute she's like a main character. And I think at the end, she then ends up being a woman with, like, two white lightsabers, which means she's, like, force neutral. Because I think each lightsaber colour means something. Mm. And yeah. she, so, and I think she does make an appearance in Revenge of Sith, I feel. I have no idea. I know in this, she's being played by Rosario Dawson, um, by, who is um, Claire in uh, Daredevil. Claire? Yeah, Daredevil? yeah, yeah. Um, but I'm curious, because obviously... Uh, his job was re- was to return. Uh, Mando's job is to return Baby Yoda to the Jedi. But if she doesn't associate herself with the Jedi anymore, I'm wondering how that's gonna. Cause I, I, I I'm thinking that she's not gonna take him in, basically. So, uh, but I'm curious how that's gonna go. And obviously, he's got the uh, Moff Gideon. Them, they're tracking him now. So, I imagine there's gonna be some some sort of conflict there when when he finally meets up. But mm. I reckon I reckon she just won't be there. Mm. I hope she. I hope so. I hope she's. There. Oh, oh, sorry. Uh, oh, no, yeah, you're probably right. She probably will. I don't know why she wouldn't take him in. That's my only issue. Well, yeah, I'm just trying to think, like, if, she, if if she says, oh, I'm not, like, basically, I'm not a Jedi anymore, so I can't teach him the ways of the Jedi, that's the only reason that I think that she wouldn't. That's like, So, I don't know. Yeah, but then yeah. I don't know how what her character's like, so I don't know if she would actually be like that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's I'm, 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 I'm enjoying the season quite a lot. Yeah. yeah. So am I. Also, I just wanted to say, I think the I tweeted this yesterday. The production value on this show is absolutely insane. Everything looks sick, and like we can talk about it in a minute. But when I compare this to like to Avatar, yeah, two thousand nine <laughs> Avatar, I am much more impressed with the Mandalorian than I am. Obviously, it's ten years difference. Fair enough. But considering um, Avatar was supposed to be like revolutionary at the time, I am much more impressed watching the Mandalorian than I was rewatching Avatar. Personally. I think yeah. the Mandalorian, a lot of it is practical though, which might might be to its advantage because mm. if they're filming in high definition or 4K cameras, which I don't think they are, but presumably they're filming at quite a high spec. Um, and if a lot of it's practical, then you can get that depth. You can get, you know, um, yeah, I mean, of this episode when they had that little weasel thing, that look, yeah. you know, when they have creatures, they look pretty shit. I think. Um, yeah. I think. Even I think. Sometimes... I feel like the, their big worms and the big spiders and that. I think they look pretty good when they're all 
Yeah, but I think they would be computer generated. But the practical kind of Baby Yoda, I think, is mostly an animatronic or a puppet. You know, it looks a bit kind of stilted. But yeah. um, I also think the choreography isn't that great in The Mandalorian. It's quite basic, I think. As in like fight, fight, fight choreography? Always yeah. critical. Always critical, Glenn. Always critical. <laughs> well, that's I think um, G- Gina, what's her name? Uh, the woman, Gina the woman who's sick of fighting. That's the one. Her, her, I think her, her fight scenes are always really good. Cause I think she's like a genuine stunt woman. So that's why her scenes are always really good. Um, but yeah, I agree. With, like man, like uh, the other, everything else, like laser fights, all that stuff. That's pretty, pretty basic. Still cool to watch, but pretty basic. Yeah, but yeah, no, I mean, well, let's migrate on to Avatar then, shall we? Um, so f- from the archive, I had the. Uh, <laughs> great idea i think of um suggesting we rewatch avatar um i wanted to make use of my disney plus membership and uh this two hour 40 odd minute film i thought was a good opportunity to utilize that i haven't seen it since it came out in 2009 (laughs) i don't know if people need a synopsis but essentially it's uh set in the future 2154 and um uh a kind of spaceship has gone to the planet of Pandora um, to dig up unobtainium, I think it's called. And uh, there's like two factions. You've got the, the scientists and the biologists and the botanists who want to make friends with the natives who are called the Na'vi uh, when they trust so that they can dig, you know, with their consent. And then you've got the army um, side of it where um, they just want to blow off their way in. And uh, Sam Worthington plays Jake Sully, who is a marine? Who, in a human form, is a paraplegic, uh, and in his, you know, he inhabits an avatar and is able to roam as a Navi. And uh, yeah, that's the sense, the essential premise. But Obes, you're talking about uh, um, visuals, and I guess that's probably one of the biggest things to kind of reflect on. You know, mm. like you said, at the time it was filmed in 3D. Um, you know, everyone was go and see it in 3D apart from me uh, and um, you know it was yeah groundbreaking at the time um, kind of you did have the odd 3D film around then but a lot of it was either happy horror or kind of retrofitted into 3D which often mm. quite terrible um, I didn't see this film in 3D and I still haven't so I can't attest to how good it looked then but I, I remember I I remember coming out of this film being a bit like, nah, it was it was fine, you know, being yeah. underwhelmed. Um, but you know, what what did you think in terms of yeah, visuals back then and, and like how it compares now? Um, Christian Yeah, I was gonna well, I was gonna say like I think the visuals are decent, but like as I was saying in regards to Mandalorian, the the quality is maybe not up to scratch as it as it could be these days, I feel like I'm expecting the problem they Avatar have done for themselves now is I'm expecting a lot because they've taken 11 years to make the next one. Um, yeah. The thing that bugged me quite a bit was actually the movement of a lot of the characters. Mm-hmm. Like it was really like, and, and the one scene that got me the most was the scene where he's trying to get his bird creature. What's it called? I don't know. He's trying to attach his tail to it to make it his own forever and ever and ever and whatever bullshit. But mm. his his movements were so weird. Like, it wasn't natural, like, how the character was moving. 
I don't know if it was just me trying to be picky, but it just didn't feel right. And I just thought, in terms of like, in terms of design and graphics and everything, the whole the the scene they made was was beautiful. Like whoever had came up with them visuals and whoever came up with that that background, that was awesome. But I just don't know. It just it didn't. It wasn't a wow factor for me. I I don't know. Like re, on, upon rewatching, I just didn't think this is blowing me away. I'm not even. I'm not even sure the fir- first time I watched it, I thought wowy, but like yeah. I think um, I think the first time I watched it, I think we. I think I'm sure I went to see it with you, Chris. I'm not sure. I think I did, but anyway, I, think, yeah. I, I think we watched it in 3D, and I was like, I thought it was pretty good. Like the 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 visuals, I mean, were good. Yeah. Um, wasn't too impressed with the story, like all of us here. Um, but in terms of like you know visually, I was like, yeah, this is pretty sick. Watching it again, um, I think I said I was originally, I was a bit like, this looks a bit rubbish. Um, because when I, I think after the first 10, 15 minutes, I think when you've got the um, pretty much it's actually any scene that they try to uh, mix the uh, the animated bits with real life bits, I think looks really bad. Um, so there was bits where right at the beginning, just where um, Jake Sully was getting out of the plane and there was these people with the mask on and in the background, there's like loads of machines and stuff and robots and stuff. And I think that looked really, really bad. Um, the green screen or whatever it was, I think it looked terrible. Um, I think when they, when he first becomes a Navi and he's in the room with um, humans, I think that looked really bad. And pretty much any other time, I think there was another time when they were uh, leading the charge into a fight and it was the humans and the ro- and their robots versus the Navi. I think that looked really bad. But any time where it's just Navi, um, like um, their those um, aliens and in their habitat. And it's all animated. I think looks really good. Um, so yeah, I'm still impressed with it in th- in that sense. For an animated film, it is it is really good. In uh, but I think I am not as impressed as I was when I first watched it because I think I'm, I now I notice the other stuff and that kind of took me out takes me out of the film a bit. Yeah, I think I think that's one of the kind of flaws of rewatching it in this day and age when you've got access to 4K and you know just generally kind of camera quality is better even animation computer generated imagery is amazing i mean you know you've you've had three um planet of the apes films since avatar came out and mm. you know they look pretty photorealistic um you know the lion king you know things like that um i i don't know if i've just gone soft but i did like this film a lot more the second time than i remember having watched it the first time. I think maybe the first time I was just hyped up in terms of like, it's this big event film. Everyone says it's amazing. It's going to look visually great. And to be fair, watching it in 2D on a cinema screen, probably not the best way to do it. Um, So watching it on my TV, again, still 2D. But yeah, like you said, when it's purely on Pandora with the Na'vi and people are moving generally quite slowly <laughs> it looks amazing like the kind of bioluminescent flora that they have it just looks incredible mm. but when those hammerhead rhino looking things run and like you said when there's kind of humans and navi it does look a bit shit mm. um i mean i was probably more interested in the story this time as well um again maybe just because i'm a bit 
older and can pick up on these things but it was basically a colonialism story which i yeah. found really interesting because you've obviously got like the kind of americans but obviously most of them look of european descent and obviously back in colonial times it was the europeans um colonizing and they just go to this planet and like the the commander um what's his name quarch um he was like they're savages you know the the, the kind of yeah. words they use the language is, really bothered me <laughs> yeah i mean it's it's it, why did it bother you just the words they were like saying savages and stuff like that and monk i think called them blue monkeys and stuff like that like, yeah this, animals this yeah, yeah it's, it's basic it's basically racism isn't it like mm. you know mm. i think you could quite you could you could you could have this story between european colonizers and kind of Af- african south american colonies and it would basically be the same you know you'd have the same language the same kind of um this disdain for the kind of cultures you know that they, they really dismiss it. the army area the faction particularly are really dismissive of their kind of culture they're like oh, it's just a fucking tree you know why are you worshipping a tree? It's stupid. And, you know, our goal of getting this mine mineral is more important than your culture. Um, so I think there was interesting parallels there. To what extent James Cameron was kind of really delving into that, I don't know. But to me, that was quite apparent and quite interesting. Um, but then again, if you continue that, you're sort of getting a bit of a white saviour narrative. Mm. Oh yeah! Oh, <laughs> oh you reminded me. The, the white savior narrative in this film is so clear and obvious for <laughs> for everyone to see. I was getting so pissed off watching, <laughs> watching this film. Like was, in the end, when he, when when Jake Sully was like, I remember when I first watched it, I was like, yeah, oh this is this is this is cool. I'm, I'm on Jake Sully's side. I'm watching it now. I'm on um, what's the guy the guy that um Zoe Saldana her Navi her the guy that she was supposed to marry who, who died. I was on his side. Fuck Jake Sully. <laughs> oh, I was so angry. <laughs> yeah. I think he just basically like, invaded their culture and way of life. And then Literally. Yeah. Fucked Literally. it up. Like, I'm so sorry. Let me help you. Let me be the guy to redeem it all. Ends up destroying the whole... I mean... Well, he doesn't... Well, he does destroy the whole village, actually. But, like... It's your fault we're in this yeah. mess. And yeah. then they're calm and even, yeah. And even the fact that... Um, they like uh, I don't know his name, but Giovanni Ribisi, his character... Um, was like, oh yeah, we come here, we teach them English, we built them schools. It's like, who asked you? To, who said they wanted to learn English? And who said they wanted schools? Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. exactly. They seem pretty intelligent so as they are, you know. Mm. Um, and I think again, another kind of problematic thing with this film is that all of the people of the actors who are people of color are all Navi, and you don't ever see them in like. That's true. I was just about to ask that. Form. I, I, thought, I thought I'd missed something here. Like I thought that like, I was going to be like, there wasn't any actors of colour on yeah. people destroying the land. And then I thought, yeah. must, maybe I'm wrong here, but you just said it, so I must, I must have... I mean, there are two. There's, I mean, Michelle Rodriguez is Latina. Oh, yeah. There's um, a character called Max Patel, who was played by a guy called Dilly Brow. So they are kind of non-white actors but you've also got the navi i mean wikipedia only lists four actors as navi but there's obviously more but you've got zoe saldana uh 
Carol Christina Hilaria Pounder, who's a Guyanese-American actress, Wes Studi, who's of Native American descent, and Laz- Lazaro Alonso, who is... An- oh, is... Oh, shit! Mm. Uh, oh, yeah! So, so they're all kind of actors of colour, and they're all just blue. And I think, you know, there's been a, a question about Gamora as well. Obviously, still, it's the same as Zoe Saldana, but just kind of not having their authentic skin colour on screen. It has to be kind of in an alien form. I don't know. That, that's, again, problematic. But I, not, um, not likely to change, is it, for the sequel? <laughs> well, that's the thing. I'm, I'm very curious to see what they're going to come up with for the sequel because, like, I think, obviously, the story of Colony is a mix of, like, some, there's some Pocahontas in there kind of thing. I'm kind of like, I think the story is quite basic. Um, I think you can tell where it's going from, because I can't remember barely any of this film. You can tell where it's going from, like, 10 minutes in maybe you know exactly what's going to happen yeah. um and like i think the dialogue is kind of weak as well like some of the time people are talking to you and i'm just like i'm bored like come on give me some <laughs> i don't know if that's to do with what's been written or how it's being spoken um obviously i don't think anybody wins any oscars in this film do you know what i mean for acting anyway <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah that was the only thing i think it's a f- the film itself is fine um i don't hate it i don't love it but yeah i hope that with the second one coming out, I hope there's a bit more. Even the fact with um, Jake Sully and his legs not working, they don't really talk about that either. Like maybe one of the reasons he wants to be with the Navi is because he can actually run and shit. Like, but they don't actually talk about that at all, and him not being able to use his legs, or you know. And I think I don't know. I just feel like there's there's more opportunity for them to do more than what they did with the story. And I hope that James Cameron does more with um James Cameron. Yeah, yeah, does more with um the sequel. I would hope. I mean. After watching this film, I was sort of like, doesn't really lend itself to a sequel no, because really. the main kind of colonial plotline is done. You know, <laughs> the kind of bad, you know, colonials have been told to fuck off, and just the good guys are left. You know, I mean, yeah, I'm interested to see kind of more of Pandora, maybe, but if they did, if David Attenborough was narrating it, you know, not necessarily <laughs> four more films. The thing, is, the thing is, I think we forget is that. Although the people who are trying to colonise are in the wrong, the people back at home are probably thinking, why the fuck are they all like, now dead or having to come back home? So there's probably going to be some kind of war-related mm. um, sequel. And don't they, aren't they planning to bring back the woman who died as well? It's going to be his character. Yeah. I mean, I I don't know, she's no dead. dead. They'll bring back the army guy as well, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I was, yeah, I'm just a bit me on it. Yeah, it's, it's it's all right. I mean, you know, if you're waiting 11 years for a sequel, you know, a why is it taking so long? B the technology better be fucking amazing, mm. um, and the plotline as well because, you know, I don't know if there's an appetite for a sequel to this film in the sense that everyone who spent almost three billion collectively you know, paying to watch this film, are all of those people like, oh my god, I just can't wait for, you know, the next film. Because during the time that Avatar was released, we have had a whole MCU and a whole DCEU and a whole Universal Monsters universe that came and went. Um, (laughs) You know, so I think there's a lot more kind of franchise stuff out there that I'll probably watch the sequel, but will I be one of the first in line? No. Do I really want to wait until 2028 to watch the fifth film? 
I was going to ask, um, what, was this film supposed to come out this year? Or next year? Um, I think this year, wasn't it? I'll quickly have a look at I'll quickly look it up. Well, my thing was, if it's this year, surely, is there not like on Wikipedia or something? Is there not like some sort of like, you know, plot? Like, just to. No, know? it's uh, it's 2022. It's, um, oh. The respective release, respective release dates were previously December 17th, 2021, December 22nd, 23, 25, and then 27. But oh. they've all been pushed back. Yeah, um, so the new, the new release date's the 17th, December 2021. Oh. And the, oh. Budget, the budget is I mean, $1 billion. Really need... At a billion for, dollar. For... Is that for the four sequels in total? Oh, that's yeah. That might be. To be fair, you might. Yeah, I don't know. But I mean, if if the film's supposed to come out next December, why are you pushing it back already? You know, I mean. Yeah, the but two hundred fifty million was the budget for one of them. I mean, oh, they've direct. Oh, Avatar. Oh, shared with the second. All oh, right. Yeah. Sorry. It is one billion. I mean, yeah, two and three were filmed back to back. Um, but I don't know if there's any premise it says 13 years after the events of the original film jake sully and Natiri have formed a family and are doing anything to stay together they are forced to leave home in four different regions of pandora when an old threat returns to finish what it started that sounds shit yeah can i ask a question about the production um so would you guys prefer if they kept with the their animated style that they used for the first film and obviously like in a hot you would assume an enhanced version or because me personally when i look at like sorry the mandalorian um even um guardians of the galaxy stuff like that when they do aliens i prefer they obviously it's practical in it like we said like you said earlier i prefer that would you prefer if they did that or do you think they should stick with the animated style they did before i think they need to stick with it consistency yeah. um again i think some of the creatures on star wars look a bit shit like it looks like a pantomime to me, but you know, I think they need to for the style. I think, <laughs> uh, I think it's probably a good thing that Disney have swallowed up Fox because presumably they won't be taking too much of a financial hit on this. Because <laughs> <laughs> if if these films don't make a lot of money, <laughs> it's gonna well, really... let's think about it like this. Yeah, for every one film they make of Marvel, they they've basically made four films of Avatar. So. Yeah, I think this if this sequel will it'll, it won't get as much as the first one by it'll crack a billion. I'm pretty sure. Probably, there's both loads of fan fan girls and boys out there going to love that. Yeah. What's well, the thing? The only person I know who loves the film is Larry. Yeah, I knew you were going to say that. Yeah, everyone else is like, yeah, it's all right. I don't, <laughs> think, I don't know. Obviously, the person who I know who feels the strongest about it is you, Chris. Obviously, you hate it, <laughs> or you the, the way you. <laughs> The way you talk about it makes you think you hate it, anyway. It's just like a dead story, man. Like It's yeah. a story that's been told like 10,000 times. There's no real differentiation. If anything, it's like you two have just brought up and I've just thought about now. It's quite, it's actually quite, it's like, it could anger a lot of people the way it like portrays a lot of scenarios and incidences. And it's just like, yeah, it's, like, it's, a, it's a nice mm. world. It's a I nice mean, world. So... But there's video games for that. Uh, I t- how much? How much? Like I, 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 I probably I, I take it back what I said. Uh, I probably did really appreciate 
the way it was designed and the 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 graphics or what however you want to say it as of the film was amazing but like at the end of the day like there's only so much that i will look at during a film but i will focus on a story the story is the crux of your film i i would personally say i could be wrong but like a story or a twist are the, the key points and i just feel like they haven't really got either like it was maybe because i've watched it but i feel like it was quite predictable yeah yeah i mean i'm looking at the cast list for avatar 2 and 3 and you've got giovanni rabisi uh and Stephen lang who played court so at least for two and probably three you're still going to have the mining company as one of the main antagonists and you're going to have the guy who died at the end of the first one he says he's coming back for all four sequels so to me that makes me really less interested i would rather have a new threat maybe a different clan on pandora wants to fight them you know that might be interesting civil war type thing or you know whatever how are things back on earth like that's to me more interesting than watching five films of just the same thing happening again Mm. you know that to me that was pretty much concluded in the first film you had two hours 40 minutes of this colonial war film and then they were all sent off what they're going to come back and then they'll be sent off again and then come back again like oh come on can i ask you a question Mm -hmm. is james Cameron james cameron losing his source a little bit Ooh. I asked that. I asked that because so I'm just looking through his Wikipedia now, yeah. So a few films he was involved in. So you got The Terminator, Rambo First Blood, Aliens, Terminator Two, Point Break, True Lies, Titanic. And then you get to the two thousands and now you're talking about like Avatar, you know, Cirque du Soleil, Elite Battle Angel, Terminator Dark Fate. Like is he kind of like on his way down? I'm just asking. Asking for a um, friend. i think i think a lot of the stuff that he's done recently has been in a producer capacity so Mm. i think a lot of it's probably just lending his name to something um Mm. i mean it says here uh the last film he actually directed was avatar so you know you know the the terminator sequels I, i remember in the marketing for dark fate they were like producer james cameron returns as in like that's a draw for someone to go and see the film mm. he probably he probably like looked over the script might have written some of it but he wasn't directing it like he doesn't give a shit does he you mm. know alita i think he was gonna direct it but you know gave it to whoever ended up directing it you know it's just like he's lending his name to things because people think it's a draw but for me i don't watch a film and it's like produced by James Cameron and I'm like, oh my God, it's going to be amazing. You know, I'm just sort of like, great. You know? Are there any films that you would see that like, this person's attached to it, so I'm going to watch it? In a producer capacity, no. Okay, what about director? Director, yeah. I mean, someone like Quentin Tarantino, I would watch his films. Mm. But again, you know, you could say Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I wasn't that great on it. Um, what was the one before that? Hateful Eight. Oh, it was fine. Um, his last good film, in my opinion, was Django. Um, and even that, you know, obviously there's kind of people, there are issues with the way Quentin Tarantino approaches words he likes to use in his scripts and things like that. Um, so, yeah, things like him, I would watch films directed by him. Um, 
David Fincher, I think, is an interesting director who did like Zodiac and Seven and things like that, but not in a producer way. Actors, I would, you know, certain things, but yeah. yeah. Fair enough. What about you guys? Um, for me, it's I don't, I'm not too much bothered about directors um, and behind the screen. I'm for me, actors are the biggest draw for me. So when you've got like Denzel's in a film, I'm gonna watch it. Will Smith's in a film, I'm gonna watch it. You know. Um, but yeah, in terms of like directors and stuff, I'm not as fuss. Yeah, I have to agree. Yeah, them two, Leo. Uh, mm. Yeah, big names. I, I I have to agree. I probably will go with. I will go to watch a film because of them. Or I'll be more inclined to directors. Nah, that because like I'm a bit critical on directors sometimes. I, I find, but it's only because I just get so heated about some of their dreadful films. Uh, <laughs> But they're not even that bad in the end. I just get amped up in the moment. But I do feel like it is an an actor that lures me in more than anything else. Like I feel like there's what's it, there was a film that Keanu Reeves is in. I can't really remember. But like Keanu Reeves, if I'm talking, I'm talking about games here. Like he's in that cyberpunk game, and I know a lot of people are hyped up because he's in that. So it's mm. like actors doing can even like di- uh, diversify their portfolio, and people will still want to be engaged by it mm. yeah so yeah and i think that the, the thing with james cameron is because he's been so focused on these avatar sequels that the only other thing people got to judge him on is avatar so you know if you see these films there's going to be a whole kind of generation of people who will probably know him best for avatar because mm. they wouldn't have watched or been old enough to watch you know the other films and so they can be like oh this this director you know, just avatar and he produced a few films which i didn't really like <laughs> so it's a bit risky um but i mean if you say the budget for all these films is a billion and you know say marketing costs that is another 500 million for argument's sake um they're still in profit from what they made from the first film <laughs> so, <laughs> so to be fair they, they're laughing you know these films could lose money and they're still half a billion up from what yeah. they made on the first film but i think there's also a thing of like um having disney's name attached to it as well will help a lot as well because obviously you know people who bump off disney in it so mm. and people like re- re-watching it on disney plus mm. um yeah cool well um would you like to get rebecca out the way from one stinker to another stinker let's go <laughs> I think this is much of a bigger stinker. Um, yeah. So Rebecca is uh, yeah. unfortunately my choice, um, but because it was a recent Netflix release, so you know we want to talk about current things that are out. Um, it's a romantic thriller directed by Ben Wheatley um, from a screenplay by Jane Goldman, who wrote things among others, Kick-Ass and The Kingsman. Um, is also what's his name? Ross? No. Jonathan Ross's wife. Isn't this uh, based off a um? Uh, isn't this the? Is this like kind of like a remake? Or? Yeah, so it's a remake of a 1940 Alfred Hitchcock film, um, which itself is an adaptation of a 1938 novel by Daphne du Maurier. Um, so essentially, it's um about a unnamed um woman who starts off in quite a lowly position. She's basically like the ward of of a richer lady. Um, she meets a rich widower 
um, whose name is Maxime de Winter. Um, and they fall in love, get married, and she kind of gets taken back to his family mansion, um, where the kind of custodian of that manor, Mrs. Danvers, is a bit gel. Um, and there's lots of references to uh, Maxim's dead wife, Rebecca, and how great she was and how everyone loved her. And there's this, I guess you could say, a little bit of a mystery. It's not really. Um, I think that's one of it's the It's a mystery for about it, 20 minutes. Yeah, exactly. Um, but essentially, and then, you know, you find out uh, how Rebecca died and then it ends. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I have watched the original. Um, the bell. The thing is, right, from what, from what I can remember about the film and from what I've read about the book, this film is exactly the same. Oh. There doesn't seem to be any difference from what I can gather. And I could be wrong because I haven't seen the original Rebecca in years, probably over 10 years, and I've never read the book. So there could be nuances, but it's the, the plot is essentially the same. Um, you know, Rebecca, people think she's pregnant and she was having affairs left, right and centre, one of whom was her cousin. It was yeah, a bit weird. Um, but then turns out she wasn't pregnant. She had cancer and so was going to die anyway. And then Maxim Ooh. killed her which she sort of tricked him into in a sense and he gets away with it and Mrs. Danvers burns down the house and dies um, so that pretty much happens in the book the 1940 film and this film for me not only is this film boring um, which you know for a film in 1940 you could maybe get away with but to me there's no reason why this film should have been made there is no justification for this film, um, you know, apart from having different actors in it and it being in colour rather than black and white. Like, to me, I was watching this film, I was like, what is the point of it? It's not really doing anything differently. Um, you know, I think you could amp up the mystery. It could be a plain whodunit, essentially. Like, Rebecca died in a mysterious circumstance. Was it her husband? You don't really get that until um, her lover, it? Jack Favell, comes back back into it and he's yeah. like oh, i was bonking her you know it's, they could have played on that a bit more the, the rest of it's just a bit kind of kind of like elitist porn isn't it really Ass, bruv. it's just it like ch- it was cheap yeah do you, do I mean, you ever, if you I, I wasn't sure if i missed something but they, did they ever actually announce that he's the killer he admits it yeah he does yeah. oh i must have missed that bit then okay yeah and like I said, this film doesn't justify itself. If you were to make it modern, you know, set in contemporary times, that's the difference, you know, could maybe do something interesting there, but still not that interesting. Um, yeah, to me, they just need to ramp up the mystery. I don't know why um, 80 years later you're... Is that good now? Yeah, you're making this, this film. Um, Can you explain to me what's so... What, what, what is so good about... Um us not knowing her name. I feel like there's, there's something like a miss there that I feel like I... Like... I, I thought that the point of her not having a name was because everything in her world was so consumed by this person called Rebecca so that so she in herself becomes insignificant because this woman is taking up everything in her life and so she doesn't really matter. But I thought once she overcome that and stopped giving a shit about Rebecca, they would give her a name, but they didn't. So that pissed me yeah. off. Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. Um, I think I think that's the point is is that yeah she yeah she's insignificant in terms of apart from Maxim apparently. Although he doesn't really show her much affection, but then at the end is like, oh, I always loved you and never loved Rebecca. Like, mm. you didn't make that clear, mate. Um, but yeah, you know, everyone's so obsessed with Rebecca that she's just sort of like a vessel for Rebecca. She even comes comes down in costume looking like Rebecca. So yeah, I think it's significant in the sense that the woman we never see has a name and the woman we do see doesn't have a name, but it doesn't make up for the fact that it's not an interesting film. Um, yeah, this film's shit. Sorry, can I just quickly just talk about how sh- how much I don't like this film? Yeah, cool. um, it's fucking boring. So we got an, I got an hour in, yeah, <laughs> and then I messaged you guys in the group saying like, "Does this film get any better?" And you were like, "No." And I, just, <laughs> after you said that, I was like, "I'm really gonna spend another hour of my time <laughs> watching this film." But I thought, okay, let me do it for the sake for the sake of the podcast. Let me watch it. Watch another half an hour. Then you get this cousin. You find out Rebecca's a whore. And then she's like fucking, <laughs> fucking all these people. And then it, for 20, literally, maybe 20, 20, 15, maybe minutes, it turns into like a murder mystery. And you're thinking, oh, is Maxime like, did he murder his wife? Is he doing blah, 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 blah? Obviously he did murder her, but because she was apparently a piece of shit. Fair enough. Um, and then they go court for like two minutes, come out of court. And then she goes to the, to the doctors to snoop around there, gets caught. And she's like, oh, I wasn't going to do anything with it. So like, why are you bothered about getting caught then? <laughs> <laughs> what? Anyway, and then the, and then the this fucking bitch, Mrs. Danvers, who I'm not being funny yet, or Danvers, sorry, I'm not being funny yet. But as soon as she found out that um she tricked her with the whole dress the party situation, she should have been fired. I don't mm-hmm. know why she was still there. <laughs> then she sets the house on fire because that woman's fucking nuts as well. And then when even when she's talking to uh the unnamed woman, Mrs. De Winter about Rebecca I'm just like you've got a fucking screw loose I, mean, I was waiting for her to get slapped or something <laughs> and then she sets the house on fire and then she was about to kill herself and then Mrs. De Winter was like no 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 I was like what I want to push her off are you sick anyway <laughs> she was like oh god this was so fucking boring and like a Christian I thought there was some going to be some hidden meaning some sort of twist I thought maybe Rebecca was going to be like a real life ghost or something like maybe some sort of thriller something hidden meaning maybe it was going to be a dream at the end or something but nah film's just dead bro yeah i think i think there's a lot of ways this this certainly for a contemporary audience they could have made this more interesting like you said could have been like a murder mystery could have been a kind of ghost could have been a number of things to me it felt like two films the first was like period drama you know bloody da kind of bit of classism and then it was like a bit murder mystery, but resolved pretty quickly. And then that's it. You know, I think maybe in 1940, they would have been like, oh, it's great. You know, good actors had Laurence Olivier in and was directed by Hitchcock, you know. So there's a lot of prestige in that. But come to 2020, directed by Ben Wheatley, who has done some horror films and he did Free Fire, which I don't know if any of you saw. Cool. Didn't, we, didn't we watch it together? We did, yeah. Oh yeah, maybe we did, which had, I think, Brie Larson in. But this has got yeah. Army Hammer and Lily James, who are good actors, but they don't really do anything. I mean... Wasn't Ms. Army Hammer in uh, Free Fire as well? Might have been. Um, but they're just, you know, he was a bit of a personality vacuum <laughs> in this film. Yeah. So, yeah. it just seems like an odd film. Like, it's not really the sort of film I expected Ben Wheatley to direct, um, having watched some of his other films, like Kill List and Sightseers, which is kind of like mm horror kind of 
sightseers it was like a comedy horror bit um so yeah just seems very strange um, i just quickly i just want to complain about two more things and then i'm, and then I'm done um <laughs> so i think it feels unrealistic not obviously you know it's supposed to be romantic dramas are kind of you know suspend your disbelief and all that stuff but like she knows the geezer for what like a week or something and then they decide to get married and then when she gets married, she's like, oh, I don't even know you're tall, Maxime. Obviously, you're only married for a fucking week. <laughs> you're supposed to know. <laughs> anyway. And then, so that's, that annoyed me. And then the fact that the way, the way some of the staff at the, what's it called, at the Mandalay household were treating her, I was just like, you wouldn't, you wouldn't treat a person like this who's like your boss's wife. You just wouldn't be like that. You wouldn't be talking about this other woman constantly and trying to undermine his new wife. That's just, that's just it's just ridiculous because in a in real life you probably get fired. But anyway, yeah, that's it. Now, now I'm done. There's also one mildly interesting thing which they never pick up on again is when he's sleepwalking and she's like, "Oh, do you know if you sleepwalk?" And he's like, "Yeah, I thought that was going to be like a little bit. That's why that's I thought it, it was going to yeah. end in like a supernatural element kind of thing, but never happened." Mm. Well, apparently, according to Wikipedia, Ben Wheatley will be directing the Meg Two, so <laughs> look forward to that. <laughs> Chris, what do you think? <laughs> Pardon? What did you think? I thought shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. It's alright. It's alright. Then you're not for two. I'm just saying. <laughs> what was the first one that you didn't like? QB Halloween. I didn't even watch it. <laughs> oh man, I didn't even watch that. <laughs> <laughs> Case in point. I watched about seven minutes of it, <laughs> and I was like, I-, I suggested it because it was coming up to Halloween and it was a recent <laughs> film. But I knew I wasn't going to like it because it's Adam Sandler. You are not. You are zero for two, mate. That's what I'm saying. All right. Well, Chris is choosing the next few films for you know the discussion points for next week. So no pressure, Chris. And then presumably Obi will be you after that. So yeah, I've got I've got a, a couple of months to uh, hopefully Netflix or other streaming services will release decent films. Um, but something that came out of Netflix, I don't know how far you guys have got into it. Um, but the Queen's Gambit. Um, yeah, I finished it yesterday. Chris. How many, sorry? One. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Do you think you'll continue? Um, I'll be honest, it's not really... I, like, I wasn't really taken by it, but it could be something I watch here and there. I don't think I'll power through and watch the whole thing. Okay. But I think from my original outlook on it, for it being like a chess series, it's not really about... Well, it is about that, but it's more about her, isn't it? And her how she got there and her psychedelics and all this, isn't it? Well, that's what I've assumed. Yeah. I mean, I guess we, if you don't mind, we can talk about the series Go as a whole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not really one of those things that is going to particularly surprise you. Um, you know, it's fairly predictable. Um, but uh, I really enjoyed it. So essentially, it's a limited series um, based on a book from 1983 called The Queen's Gambit. Um, follows a orphaned chess prodigy called Elizabeth Harmon um, from uh, growing up in the orphanage where she learns chess from the janitor, Mr. Scheibels, um, up until her kind of mid to early 20s uh, when she, you know, plays through loads of chess tournaments, meets other chess contemporaries. And essentially the main plot across the uh, seven episodes is that she struggles to beat um, 
Borgov, who is the Soviet prodigy, you know, he's, he's in his 40s, 50s, whatever, but he's like the best of the best. And um, she comes up against him two times and loses, and guess what happens on the third time? But um, yeah, I mean, I think Anya Taylor-Joy, who plays Beth Harmon, um, was really good. I thought, I just thought it was just a, I'm struggling to pin down why I enjoyed it so much, but I did. You know, chess before this series wasn't anything that excited me. (laughs) You know, period dramas, which this is, you know, set in the 50s and 60s, not really my thing. Um, But there's something about it. Maybe it's the addiction theme because she pops tranks um, and drinks a lot and stuff. I don't know, but maybe it's Anya Taylor-Joy's performance. Maybe it's the other characters as well. You know, you've got um, Dursley, Dudley Dursley as Harry Bellick, and then you've got Thomas Brody Sangster as Benny Watts. It was just really good. I, don't know, I just really enjoyed it. Mm. Um, t- so much so that I bought a chess set and <laughs> now Lauren. Yes, it is. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so cute. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Um, what did you think, Obes? I'm Same as you. I really enjoyed it as well. Like, I think, I think, well, I wrote, kind of wrote this on Instagram, but I think they found, found a way to make chess kind of exciting. Um, yeah. The way, I think the way she was narrating the um, the games that she was playing was kind of going, um, it was kind of like, and obviously the, I think the music as well played a massive part in it as well. Like the music, the way it builds up, it makes it quite tense and you don't actually know how certain matches are going to turn out. Um, I think it helped as well that obviously, even though she was a prodigy, she was still losing matches as well. So, mm-hmm that made it think like, okay, she's not just going to breeze for everything. Like she will come up against um, like some sort of difficulties. So I think that helped as well. Um, yeah. And I, I don't know. I found myself getting really invested in the series and I think I binged like uh, three episodes, then four episodes kind of thing. Um, mm. But I think it was just, yeah, there was something about it. I just think, I think it's well-written and I think it's, she's, she's a very good, um, she's a very good actress. Yeah. Um, and I think she plays her role very subtly I think where it's like you know sometimes you get um, you get characters who are like nerds but like they lean into being a nerd yeah like and, they, and it's like very stereotypical I think her she's obviously very smart but also very confident in herself so I think it was a more like she was a more a, a character that I felt um, it was easy to to root for basically because she didn't really take any shit from anybody either yeah, she was sort of like, I guess, an average person. Like, she wasn't a nerd, like you said. She also wasn't, like, super rich and entitled and horrible. Mm. She was mm. just sort of just a, a character who was just good at chess and mm. flawed in other ways, such as having a drinking problem and popping pills. Although, to be fair, she didn't actually seem... Like, the pills and stuff didn't really affect, seem to affect her too much. Um, no. She didn't seem to have withdrawal. She didn't seem to be kind of... Only when she was a child. <laughs> yeah, and she didn't seem to kind of lose weight or kind of her appearance changed because of this drug abuse which i guess is a little bit unrealistic but hey ho. i'm very surprised you both like this uh maybe maybe, so I, am should, I. maybe I should invest more time in it because... i think if you've only seen episode one you've only ever seen it in the nine-year-old in the orphanage it gets more interesting when you see her as like a kind of teen up until the 20s well she ain't gonna be no magnus carlson but uh I'll give, maybe i'll give it a go Who's Magnus Carlson? Oh, come on, mate. Chess champion. Come on, mate. 
don't know who that is. <laughs> I have no idea. Who I watch chess tournaments on YouTube like quite a bit. It comes, pops up on my recommended so I watch them. So you watch right up your street, in it? <laughs> yeah, but it, I don't know. It just uh, it just pops up, so I watch. It is, it. Like if it's you've just seen the first like, episode series, I guess. The I think. Ep- I think for me, it's like it's not necessarily that I won't like it. I mean, in my head, I've I probably thought this isn't like. I don't know. Maybe I thought it'd be a bit too old timey, and I wouldn't just get along with it. But like in my head, I'm like, there's other series I'd rather prioritize. Mm. That makes sense, right? Like to me, for this episode, I could only watch so much, and I'd rather have watched the series I'm watching plus the films. Yeah, but, yeah. Maybe I would like it. Like I didn't, I wasn't too detached from the first episode. I just the, the get... first episode is an anomaly because you don't, apart from the first kind of minute or two when you see Anya Taylor Joy's character um in the rooms and stuff yeah that actually doesn't pay off until i think episodes five or six um so the rest of from episode two to five or six it's it's her kind of meeting other characters learning her craft winning championships and then going from like regionals to nationals to internationals and stuff um but yeah like i said it makes chess exciting which on the surface beforehand i actually didn't think it was I sort of thought it was like an old, older person's game, like a bit boring. You know, you take loads of time between each move. But I think what they do well here is obviously they're focusing on people who are really good. And, you know, the play is quite quick. And you actually, there's actually not tons of time devoted in each episode to her playing chess against other people necessarily. A lot of it's about her life with her adopted mother and other characters and addiction and stuff so when they do play it's quick and you know i mean they're talking about moves and i ain't got a clue they're like yeah knight to king bishop pawn and the sicilian and you know all of these things which i don't understand and they don't really spend too much time trying to teach you um but it's just interesting and it's a weird series in the sense that i sort of initially thought it was based on a true story it sort of gives that's what, that that's what it felt like yeah it gives that impression but it isn't it's just based on a book yeah. but um, i like sort of, um go on. i was gonna say i wish it was based on a true story because that would have made it yeah. even more interesting mm. um yeah no i agree with you a couple of things i liked is that um just on the on the random i really liked how her start her fashion sense like developed as she got older because obviously she was really like um when she first got adopted she was people making fun of the way she dresses basically and then as the episodes and the time goes on she dresses really really well i just like that in general i think like the costume design for her was really good um and also i think i like the way the series kind of portrays like the thin the thin line between like genius and madness so like you've got her mum who had a phd and was a doctor but she was clearly like mentally unwell um then you've got her who's I just think you can say she's a genius or, you know, close enough to close enough to one. But then obviously she struggles with addiction and stuff like that. And then you've got, uh, obviously you've got her mum ended up in that position with, like, basically, I think, I'm assuming killing herself. You've got her who, she almost went down a really dark road of, like, binge drinking herself to death. Um, you've got, um, even, it kind of shows how, like, these people who are really smart and obviously really good at chess doesn't necessarily lend itself to, like, leading the good life. You've got um, yeah, because Benny, <laughs> yeah, Benny lives in a shithole. Yeah, Benny lives in a shithole. 
Dudley Dursley, he ended up, he was like, I don't even love chess. He ended up working in the supermarket. Mr. Scheibel, who was really good. He was a, he was a janitor at the, what's it called? At the school. Um, and I like that. Hey, she, obviously she is the anomaly, I suppose, in that story and that she's obviously, she's by in the series, she's going to meet the president and all sorts of stuff like that. Um, and I think, I, I'm trying, uh, I don't know, what do you think it meant at the end when she, right at the end when um, the security guards are talking to her about meeting the president and she just gets out of the car and starts to walk? What do you think that meant? I think for her, it's showing that it's just, it's just about playing chess. Like, she, yeah, she likes the money and that is a big factor for her, but mm. it's not necessarily the celebrity that, but she does seem to enjoy the celebrity, but when she comes back and just plays with the kind of whatever the male version of babushkas are, you know, the Russian granddads essentially mm. in the park, she just plays with them. You know, that's to her what it's about. It's like, mm. because I think that one of the characters warns her in the series, uh, earlier in the series, and is like, once you win, what is there after that? Mm. You know, yeah. you, you will get to the, your top in your early 20s. And then, no, it was her know, saying it to the young Russian kid. I'm sure someone says it to her but yeah either way it's sort of like yeah where does she go she's won the, the biggest tournament there is beaten the best player there is she is now number one where does she go you know she could not be able to sustain that high and go more into addiction and stuff but it seems to me that she might have overcome that she doesn't rely on the booze or the pills in the last match mm. um and then she just goes back to just she just wants to play and mm. um it annoyed me though that she spent a lot of time learning Russian and she doesn't I thought she would use it to sort of like yeah. school Borov or whatever his name is and yeah. just like talk to him in Russian like a lot more than she does whereas mm, he, spent, he speaks to her in English more than she speaks to him in Russian but uh, minor gripe but yeah I also um, I liked how this is just a general thing I just I don't know if it's like this in real life but I like how gracious everyone is in defeat like yeah. no one has a tantrum with, like obviously when you watch like football and like <laughs> basketball when people are losing they start kicking off do you know what I mean it can get ugly kind of thing in film and in real life but I like how in chess I think it's more a thing you appreciate when someone beats you because you're like oh my god I didn't even see that kind of thing like you appreciate yeah. the genius behind how you were beaten so I like how everyone's in, like oh my god that was really cool and then you shake hands and whatnot da, 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 da. In, in real one yeah it's like dead silent so like mm. if someone makes a noise they can actually like appeal afterwards and be like that was a distraction Mm. I don't know if that's in the because I don't know what they what chest are they show in the series. Is it the one when they click do the clicker and they've only got a certain time to finish the game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, because I think there's two different types. I think there's just the one where oh no, is it two different types? Yeah, the clicker one. They they've only got a certain amount of time to do each move, don't they? Or yeah. do the in general? Yeah. See, I think they sometimes it's like ninety minutes or two hours and or a set amount of moves that you can make. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting. And obviously, yeah. it's inspired me to buy a chess set. So. Yeah, man, that's sick. I, ho- I, I hope that she, Anya, Anya Taylor-Joy, I hope she gets more roles. I feel like she's like a really I good... I don't, know, I don't know how old she is, but I feel like she's like a really... She's like up and coming. 24, so she's got a whole... She's got ages. So I think she's she's got potential to be a really, really like award-winning actress, I think. I feel yeah. like she's done a bit already. Yeah, she said she chooses her she chooses her films quite wisely. I think like she's in the film called The Witch, which is like her an acclaimed kind of low budget horror film. She's in Morgan, which is sort of like a, a an ex machina type film, which I enjoyed. She's obviously in Split, 
there's a film called Thoroughbreds that she's in with um, uh, Olivia Cook, who you'll recognise. Obviously, she's in Glass. Um, uh, she was in Emma last year, and the oh, new mutant. New, oh yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, she's in that too. Um, she's also in Pleaky Blinders, so she's oh, yeah. she's quite um, you, you know diverse. It... What's up? Did you just call it Pleaky? P oh Peaky. Maybe I got my tongue caught. Yeah. Peaky blinders. But um yeah. So yeah, yeah, I like you I think she's definitely uh got the chance to once she gets more main roles and in films and stuff, she she could definitely be award winning. Um then the final thing that we we're gonna talk about is Blood of Zeus. Um Ben, did you finish this? I've seen three episodes. Okay, fair enough. But you can talk about the whole series, I don't mind. Chris, um, how many of these have you seen? I watched it all. Yeah, okay. Um, so, I'll start this off with a contentious point. So, Blood of Zeus is a Netflix anime inverted commas series. And I'm curious about this because I wouldn't consider this to be an anime. I mean, it's just a cartoon. So, uh, Chris, what do you def- You watch more anime than me, so maybe you have a better um, you know, notion of this. But what do you consider to be an anime? Uh, mm, it's a good question. Um, I, I know what you're getting at because, in my mind, anime is more like car. Uh, uh, it's not cartoony. It's, it's almost in my mind a bit more. This was like I could see the outlines of a drawing while in the mm. in the cartoons they try and make it real, don't they? Essentially, I, I don't explain. Yeah, I know what you're saying though. It doesn't doesn't feel like an. It didn't feel like an anime to me. It felt like a cartoon, just an mm. adult cartoon. Does anime have to be inherently Japanese, do you think? That's what I thought. That's what I assumed. Anime is literally just the Japanese word for cartoon. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. I didn't know that. Uh, Well, it's an English term derived, it's a term derived from the English word animation. So it describes all animated works, regardless of style or origin. So essentially, presumably, something like Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs in Japan would be an anime because it's animated. But mm. um, if I can be kind of scholarly, um, anime in the Western world generally refers to the style, um, which according to this, uh, da, 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 da. compared to Western animation, anime production generally focuses less on movement more on the detail of settings and use of camera effects, such as panning, zooming, and angled shots. Um, and so... I don't think the series does that. I think there are certain things, like, when, like, the demons are running in the first mm. episode, you know, there's a focus on just their kind of facial expressions and the background is sort of, like, just kind of you know, stripes of, like, them moving and stuff. Um, mm. when, when I look at it on Wiki, it says it because I think normally they do define it as anime, but on Wiki it says it's an American adult animated television series. That yeah, to me, to me that makes sense. To me, this isn't this isn't an anime. But I'm, I'm going to look up I'm, if it says it. Yeah, yeah, see, in my mind, yeah, that's it. An anime is usually uh, that's a bit that's a bit mm, contentious actually. Uh, I'd say an anime is usually based off some kind of manga, usually. I, I, I would say that's what that could be one of the conditions. I would have it as yeah, based on manga or 
made by Japanese people or yeah. Japanese in terms of even like um, language or culture. Um, yeah. Like the way it, the way it's made. Because even like something like um, Beyblade, for example. Obviously, we watch the Americanized version, but like they they do have like dojos and stuff like that in that series. Yeah. So that's like involves Japanese culture. Whereas this is just for me. This is just a cartoon. Yeah, actually, I don't know if you just said this, Glenn, but it actually says on Wiki as well. I know Wiki's not the best source in the world, but it says anime is a hand-drawn and computer animated computer animation originating from Japan. Mm. So yeah. this one wouldn't. But then be... you've got you've also got um, so there's there's a couple of things on Crunchyroll which are like Crunchyroll originals. I think one's called like uh, I think one's called Tower of God. The other one's called God of High School or something like that. And they're Korean, but people, I think people do consider those to be animes. So I don't know. Maybe it just depends if it's on that, you know, that side of the world, like um, Asia. No, I think Korean, Korean anime. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, well. Yeah, that's interesting, mate. You're going for the mythological ones, are you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, like, I think, because obviously, like, I imagine you guys are the same, like, when we grew up, like, watching Hercules and that, like, oh, yeah, this is sick. So I thought it was going to be. I assume it would be similar to that. I think it is in a way. I think this is like they build this to be like a, an original story. Um, <laughs> yeah, right, it wasn't that original in my opinion. Well, right at the beginning, they were like, um, this is like one of the untold stories of Greek, blah, 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 blah. So I imagine like Heron is a, is it Heron? Is his name right? Yeah. Yeah. He's a character who we've not heard of before. I think I Googled his name and, his, and like I just Googled like Heron Greek mythology and, his, and his, nothing popped up. So I'm assuming that this particular character is one that, that has been just made up for this particular series. Um, so I suppose that I enjoyed that. Um, but like you say, Glenn, this isn't like, it's not an original premise. Do you know what I mean? Like Zeus having a kid who doesn't know that he's a, a <laughs> I <god>. literally <laughs> watched the first couple of episodes. I was like, this is Hercules. Yeah. Um, but like, I think I, I liked it in general. I think the one thing I liked about the series is that I feel like it was, they did well in what making me want to keep watching. Because I feel like the way that some of the episodes ended, I'm like, oh, okay, I want to watch the next episode now just to see what happens after this bit. Um, I enjoyed the story in general. Um, I think it was pretty predictable. I don't know about you, Chris, because you watched the whole thing. Yeah. Um, um, and I didn't read, I wasn't a massive fan of the animation style. I thought it looked quite basic. I don't know yeah, what I you didn't... guys think. So that's what that's what was making it really hard for me to watch it actually. Mm. But I'm okay in anime when they when they transition to a different style for a fight scene or something because they do that quite a lot, I believe, in um, quite a popular one, Black Black Clover. But this one was just a bit static. I don't know, mm. like it, it, I do. I did. I like for me, it's not up there. It's nowhere near some of the greats I've watched. Um, it's an okay anime or mm. animation, should I say? But I did like the whole premise that uh, was it Athena? No, Zeus's uh, wife. Zeus's wife. I like the fact that she was powerful yeah. and she was she was quite manipulative and she was a very good villain. Yeah. Or villain, but like she was, she could counter Zeus because usually yeah. when yeah, yeah, like yeah. that powerful, there's nothing that mm. can stop them. I agree. She could stop him. And then I did think yeah. it was quite good that the giants were actually. I thought they were a bit too powerful, mm. but I like that whole backstory of them kind of like being like this. I suppose the secondary villain to 
Yeah. Zeus is what I can't remember. It's really annoying. I can't remember her name. Like Hera, maybe or something. Hera, yeah, yeah. Um, to Hera being obviously the she they were kind of like tools for her to kind of get what she wanted. Um, then, do you mind if I spoil something? I'm pretty sure it's not. I'm not going to continue watching it. Okay, sweet. Um, I like that they made it so that the the head demon actually turned out to be Heron's brother. Um, oh, okay. I didn't I, I didn't catch that. I didn't think they were, I didn't think that was where they were going to go with it. I think that was pretty cool. Um, yeah other than that i mean it's it's all right like it was it was all right obviously i finished it so i must have enjoyed it in some capacity um to me it wasn't yeah i don't know if it's the style or what but i just wasn't that engaged like Mm. i was i felt a bit slow i mean they're only half an hour long episodes but i was still a bit like oh come on you know it's quite everything just takes so long Mm -hmm. um and i think that's what puts me off about some other kind of anime animation i mean it's not that i don't like animation because i've watched bojack horseman and archer and stuff but they're a bit more western i guess so glenn if i offered you 500 quid to watch all 900 and whatever episodes of one piece in the year within the year 2021 would you do it yeah i don't think i would how how long are these episodes uh 25 minutes 20 minutes hang on 900 episodes. 25 times 900. And then how would I turn it into hours? Divide by, divide by 60. Divided by 60? Yeah. 375 hours. Oh! Essentially, I've got to watch four a day. Oh, Christ. Can Wait, I have every, four day, every day for a year? Can That's I have 250 up front and 250 when I finish? <laughs> <laughs> No, that's too much, man. <laughs> no, that's too much. I couldn't watch nine, no, nine hundred episodes. It's meant to be like the best mad. anime in the world. It's meant to be like the best one. That's why it's still going. That's what they say, but boy, I ain't got the time. Yeah, I mean, I, I, actually, no, I do have the time. I just can't be asked. I watched the first twenty episodes. I got the DVD. I, yeah, it's good, but mm. you have to get but, part yeah. here that it's old as well. Because yeah. for me, when something's mm. old, it's like. Oh. I'm with you, Chris. I'm 100 with you on that, especially on in animation. When yeah, old no. animation styles, nah, I'm not with it. I agree 100. Well, like Akira style. It's yeah. not like there. It's not like what I look at now to what I look, what you look at back then. It's like, mm. yeah, no. I'm not with it at all. I need I, mine to be like clear. I want to know if you. Uh, I'd like, uh, there's an anime that I've actually just. Stopped, I've actually like taken the time to rewatch. It. It's quite long. It's like a hundred and something episodes. Wait, what's it? Is it a hundred and something episodes? Uh, season six, episode 12 is the last one. What's it called? It's called Hunter x Hunter. Oh, I've heard good things about this, to be fair. It's actually a really good anime. And it's yeah. got... I'm trying to think how many actual main stories it's got because obviously you know like it goes through a different arc each time mm. i think there's four main stories mm. like for each arc and they they get into it quite fast like the stories some bits do drag out like the lot the, the arc i'm in right now has dragged a little bit mm. but it is a really good series and i've heard good things about it a lot of people were fuming when it got stopped because it got stopped because writers went on strike Mm. And the final the final episode was twenty third of September twenty fourteen, and they're meant to be bringing it back next year. Fair enough. 
but and it's on Funimation. I don't know if Funimation's free. That's English dub. Yeah, some some of it's some of Funimation's free, but like I tried to watch. I watched the first season of Attack on. No, I watched it on Netflix. I watched like three episodes of Attack on Titan on there season two, but then the rest of it you got to pay for. So then I decided to go using Crunchyroll. So oh, yeah, some of it's free. Some of it's free. I'll, I'll send you my password. You can just watch it online while I still have it. Oh yeah, please. Yeah. But yeah, Blood of Zeus. Um, would you watch? Would you watch season two, Chris? Uh, nah. Uh. Yeah. Do you know what is? Yeah. Sorry to interrupt you, but like they had some side characters in it. What one thing I didn't like about it? They had side characters in there who they didn't. They were just there. They didn't really have like. And there was a girl in it. I can't remember her name. So apologies. Um, but she there was clearly like a backstory about her and her parents. I think she was like maybe the reason for her parents' death. But then you don't hear any, you don't hear that about what in one scene throughout the eight episodes. Don't hear anything about that. You got two people that excuse me, two people that Heron meets on a boat, um, who are like um I suppose friends and I think they used to be like fighters or gladiators or something. Didn't, they don't really have a backstory either. Didn't they still join? That's it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um you don't really hear much about them either. Even like the other, apart from Zeus and Hera, the other gods, you don't, you don't really know much about them, any of them either. No, you don't. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. Maybe if they didn't do a second season, they could delve more into the supporting characters, or maybe it doesn't have to be about Hera. Maybe it could just be another, you know, story about the gods. But maybe not Zeus this time. Maybe somebody else. Isn't Zeus dead? Actually, good point. Yeah, Zeus and. Uh... Hera are dead, aren't they? Okay, yeah. So if they do a second season and they do about another god, maybe that's why something I, else. That's why I don't think they will do a second season. Mm. Unless they bring Zeus back, because obviously Hades is his brother and his, he's the god of the yeah. underworld. Yeah. Yeah. I liked he was a bit more adult as well. I think, I think uh, like chopping up heads and shit, I think that was pretty cool. Um, yeah, it was quite gory. Actually. It was yeah. quite gory, especially when Zeus had his arm like ripped off on it or something. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, no, it was, it was, it was okay, but like you said, like I'm not super enticed to watch a second season. Am I off the hook now in terms of watching anime? I guess, but you keep cheating us, Glenn. I'm not gonna lie. Why? Because we're we're watching, you know, we're, we're deep diving into anime. You're not really on it. It just doesn't. We watched, we watched all the shit that you suggest. <laughs> I know, but I think there's certain things, right? That you go on, go on Netflix. Type in anime and find one that looks kind of appealing to you and give it a go. Give it a real go. Okay. So this means I'm going to get onto you, Obi, about watching horror films. I was just about to say that. So that, that was, that's my non-negotiable. That's different, though. Why is I, that different? That's different because you, I don't watch horror films because it affects me psychologically. <laughs> yeah, this affects me psychologically. No, that's bored. bullshit. You just don't watch it because you don't like it. Boredom is a psychological... No, I'm not cool state of mind. Different. different. Ah, okay. Well, I'll, I'll try and find one. I mean, you won't, but sure. I'll search low and high. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, okay, cool. Well, Chris, uh, you've got a week or so to. Well, give us some time. Obviously, when you think of what you want us to discuss, um, mm-hmm. and then. We'll, we'll just do that and hopefully it's good otherwise Obi will rip you a new one and uh, I'll <laughs> jump on that bandwagon but um, yeah is there any other business that you guys want to discuss mm, no not really of the, of the 
things we've discussed today, what was the what was the fav- the favourite one that you watched? Queen's Gambit. Yeah. Chris? I mean, not giving me much to go on here. Um <laughs> I guess I'm gonna have to say Queen's Gambit as well, really. What, over the Mandalorian? I was gonna say, yeah, I'll say Mandalorian. Yeah, Mandalorian. Sorry, I forgot we spoke about that. Yeah, Mandalorian, Mandalorian. <laughs> I was gonna say you watched one episode of the series that you said <laughs> you might not finish. <laughs> Yeah. Mandalorian, Mandalorian, Mandalorian. But Rebecca, will it be in anyone's top ten for? Uh... Nice. To be fair, if we do our top ten worst, top or top ten worst of twenty nineteen, of twenty twenty even. You know to be fair, I don't even know if I could think of ten films that came out this year. Neither could I. To be fair. <laughs> but that will be, I guess. Well, we're approaching December, so we should do a review of the year at some point soon. Um, not that there'll be tons to discuss, but hopefully mm. by that time there will be at least a couple of cinematic releases. Um, but yeah, hey, hi. Cool. Mm. Well, thanks for listening. If you want to tweet us, we're at YC Podcast 17. We're also on Instagram, uh, Spotify, SoundCloud, iTunes, under Your Average Critics. Keep it sexy. Bye. <laughs>